Welcome to the Oh My God podcast, season two, with your co-hosts, Zelda Lebowitz and Hannah Rachel Cohen Portnoy. In season one, the podcast aimed to talk about success in the face of failure, modern Judaism, and real life. Season two will deliver the same message, but even more potently. Zelda and Hannah Rachel have individually and collectively been challenged by the Jewish system they grew up in. Through their evolution, through their questions, failures, mistakes, and heartbreaks, they've begun to untangle much of what was keeping them in survival mode so they could truly be set free to thrive. This is what they'll dissect each week with you, the Jewish journey, real, raw, and vulnerable. Because that is the only thing that can truly change lives and maybe even save them. You're only one episode away from being more honest with yourself. Welcome to the Oh My God podcast. Thank you for being here. And if you could please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and where you come from and what you do today. Wow. So I really feel like I'm still on this psycho spiritual journey. That's who I am right now. I am a journey. I am in this self-exploration. And like any journey, there's ebbs and flows, there's ups and downs, there's times of connect and alignment, and there's times where I need to re-find my balance. And I used to really attach myself to my productivity and what I do. And so now in answering this question, I'm coming at it from my meditation practice and the focal of Torah wisdom, which is that we are constantly being created anew every single moment. Um, We're in this state of fluctuation between yesh and ayin. Yesh is a state of being, and ayin is a state of total nothingness. And although that's a scary state at some points, it's also the most limitless and freeing and expansive. So that's who I am. Um, My name is Jenna, and currently I'm living in Jerusalem with my husband and two boys, and we are just exploring together. Wow, so beautiful. That is so wonderful. You really took us, I feel like you took me into your energy space, and it's so peaceful and so just beautiful. Thank you for that. Yeah, I think we're all looking to find balance and reconnect and recenter and return home to that place of um, peace evoking our infinite vast nature. And that's who we truly are. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I recognize the background because I, I, I'm so lucky to do mm-hmm. yoga with you when I, when I, when I tend to have that inspiration and that motivation to wake up and do it. Um, with you on your videos. So definitely also thank you for that. That's such a huge gift uh, to the world. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So beautiful. So glad you got a chance to practice and that you gift yourself that sacred time on the mat. Thank you. Yeah. It's such a gift. Why don't you um, share a little bit, you know, I, I, I know that I'm very curious to know, but a little bit about how you got to this awakened space and to the space of ever evolving, um, presence? I started with yoga and came Judaism later, but yoga was really the introduction to the world of spirituality. And like I said, it was a time where um, I, I began examining my inner landscape for the first time in my life. Sorry if you hear all the commotion outside. There's, we're in the 
in the alleyways of Nachlaod and this time is like parties in and out. So if there's any, <laughs> any sounds there, but um, so I found yoga in high school when I was about 16 and I was actually driving to school and the road was closed. So I took a different way and the d- divine providence led me to this new studio that opened and I was late for school, but I came in, it was a juice shop. They were looking for a worker and they said, and we can't pay you, we're just starting, but in exchange for working at the juice shop, you can have free classes. And at the time I was in competitive soccer, varsity captain of lacrosse. And my whole life was very into fitness and sports and travel and adventure. But only when I stepped onto the mat was the first time I felt like I was in this secret laboratory and I was able to discover my inner world. Um, so it really sprouted from that one, that transformational road blockage and going a new way. Um, so that opened me up to the world of spirituality and meditation. And that propelled me to um, defer from college for a year and just travel by myself studying Taoism and Buddhism, Hinduism, yoga. I was going to Kundalini festivals. I studied at Greek monastery, just everything except for my own heritage. And I didn't even think there were gems of wisdom and spirituality in my own Judaism. So that came a little bit later. Um, But it really opened my mind to this expanded consciousness and this yearning to lead more of a meaningful life. Because up till then, up till the four corners of my mat, I was living a externally great life, good, wholesome childhood, good friends, sports. I was a straight A, type A student. And it really made me realize that I didn't even know myself. I didn't even begin to have a glimpse into my inner world. Um, so that really brought me, brought me to center. Wow. Wow. It's, it's amazing to be able to live such a spiritual life and to search all across the world and to have no idea that there's so much value and beauty in Judaism itself. Right. And it's so powerful to hear your story because I think there are so many people that live just a very beautiful functional life, yet they don't, they don't know what they're missing. So hearing mm-hmm. your story and as you share, and we'll continue to talk about it more, I think it's going to be so eye-opening for so many people that realize that there's so much there's a much deeper way of living and that to be able to tune in and really figure out what that Jewish faith really means is so powerful I'm actually Mm -hmm. curious about how were you connected to Judaism before before your awakening before you found it in a much more deeper sense later on in life how was Judaism uh, woven in your life mm-hmm. as a child? Pretty much non-existent. Um, we had a healthy childhood and my parents gave me so much of everything, but they just didn't have knowledge or connection in the Jewish world so much um, other than I'd go to Jewish summer camp and Shabbat to me was walking through camp in all white, playing music and guitar. That's what I thought Shabbat was. Um, and it was wonderful, but it was it, it was, I wasn't introduced to it until I think I attracted um, the blessing when you raise your frequency 
and you get to a higher state of consciousness, actually you attract what you need at a higher level. And I think once I had worked on myself through yoga and meditation, I was, I was at a higher consciousness and this expanded state where I needed the next step and that wholesome, more authentic, lasting, ever-present um, connection was Judaism. So that came to me after the inner work. Can you share with us how that came to you? Yeah. So um, I had just started university after my travels and I would have this openness that I was like, not overthinking anything. I was just flowing and felt like I will be guided where I will be guided and wherever I go is where I'm meant to go. And I had formed this co-op called the Joy House with some girls and they were also yogis. And um, Friday night was coming and my parents never cared that I kept or did Shabbat in any way. But I think my, my, now that I was out of the house and my mom called and was like, please go to Friday night at Hillel, Chabad, I don't care, just something. Um, so I went to Chabad and it was mostly sorority girls. I got a free meal out of it. It was like nothing special, didn't spark anything. And then on the way out, I heard the rabbi over like hundreds of girls, like, like marching out to a party after the meal. I heard him announce and no one was really listening. He said, um, on Tuesday, we're going to have a Kabbalistic meditations class. Please come. And I didn't know what Kabbalah was, but I knew meditation. And then this was my first weekend. So I was like, yeah, I'm there. I'm going. And I came totally oblivious and very naive. I came, I had like hemp. Um, dreadlocks in my hair, hemp necklace, ripped jeans, and like a probably like a belly shirt, and didn't even know like the formalities in the Orthodox world. And I thought there would be those hundreds of sorority girls that I saw at Friday night, and it ended up just being me and this bearded rabbi who I'd never been face to face with a Orthodox rabbi, um, and this white shirt, beard. And usually he said, I don't teach just one-on-one -on -one with women, but he said he felt something special and he started teaching this meditations class. Um, turns out it was Tanya. <laughs> he didn't call it that, but um, that moment, I felt just so enthralled by his authenticity. And every time I was at a yoga gather or a festival, like there was always that yesh, that ego involved. And there was nothing completely as pure as this moment. And I just kept coming back and coming back and we went deeper and deeper and we practiced meditations together. And I had this bright light from, from this experience. I didn't even look back. It really changed the course of my life. And it took me on this journey. Um, years later, when I looked back, I realized I had this lifted consciousness but I didn't necessarily bring all the parts of myself with. And that's a pitfall of these big spiritual experiences is that just like in Nisan, the Jews were lifted out of Egypt. We didn't work on it. And it's this gift from above. It's this arousal from the supernal heights. But the calendar is brilliant because right after they know we fall. And that's why we need spirit to Omer to bring in uh, to cultivate our, do our inner work, which is slow and gradual and, and real and lasting. And so years went by 
And that was like my Nissan years of just being following this light and being completely enthralled by it and encompassed. Um, and then years later, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I don't recognize myself. What happened? Where am I? And I realized that a lot of my parts had been neglected on the way. So that was the work later on. Wow. And part of the neglect was my yoga practice. Wow. Wow. First of all, that was so powerful. <laughs> Definitely brought me to tears over there. But just, I, I guess I, I really resonated with that like powerful light and that powerful moment where, you know, the parts of me that are so, you know, like just kind of, dismissive of like no it can't be that great or but you're just your soul feels it so strongly and just taking you know a moment to recognize that this is real and this is powerful this is something worthy of of my life to for me to pursue my life at you know and it's not just something that's a phase that's gonna pass or I got inspired or you know and the part of me that is materialistic or is very physical you know not to just be sarcastic of it and, and make fun of it which a lot of times I did um you know just with how things would go and you need to you need to make money or you need to um get married or or just the things that were what I was conditioned to all my life to focus on even though I was fully submerged in spirituality but it, it wasn't until I had that type of deep deep connection that came as that light like you're explaining so. And that is um, the concept, the Hasidic concept as Ratzovashuv, that after every high, there's a natural descent, just like that's the pulsation of the world, our heartbeat, that is our breath, our breath lifts up, and then it descends down. And so we think when we're on the down, there's something wrong. But actually, this is the way of the world. This is the way we were created. Ratzo and, and Ratzovashuv is also like in Yaakov's ladder, the angels were running up and down. And so, so many of us on, on the way down, we cling and we grip and we're like, no, I want to stay up there. And actually that's the letting go part and the, the relief and being okay with it because that's how we were created. Wow. That's very powerful. I would love to hear about your uh, the parts where you said that you neglected because you you did get so high or or so um, right with yourself. Yeah, with, um, yeah. So the Chabad House moment was very idealistic and very um, it's not always like that after the Chabad House. So. Um, I think years later when I was in Crown Heights, I didn't want to ask about yoga because I had heard this is a Vodazara. And more importantly, I looked around and saw no one doing it in a kosher or in Jewishly infused way. I did have friends that went to yoga in Manhattan, but they would drop their skirts off on the way and go to the studio. And it almost felt very fragmented to me. It's like this is what makes me feel aligned and it connects me. And yet in Torah, we talk about this synchronicity between body and soul and the purpose of illuminating our body with an ashama. And I felt that on the mat, but there was no experiential Judaism. It was all intellectual, even the meditation. Um, Chabad is Chachma Bina Das. So it's a very mindful based approach to Judaism, but everyone I knew was teaching about the importance 
and the um, philosophy of meditation, but no one was teaching it in a way that we could actually experience it. And so I did feel compelled to leave Crown Heights to go to the studio here. And then it was very fragmented until, until I was pregnant and it became just a necessity. Whereas yoga used to be once in a while to calm me, yoga now is a necessity, a daily practice to come back to balance. And when my body was changing so fast and so many changes, I instinctively went into these yoga poses and to feel connected to myself through the transitions and through postpartum and through mothering moments. Um, but my passion was always learning Torah. So naturally what would happen is I would learn Torah and then I would integrate it on my mat. That would be the time where I would process it. And my favorite thing to do would be to learn a piece of Torah and then on my mat, feel how it comes down the body and land in the soles of my feet and anchor into the mat. And that's only when I felt like, yes, this is my Torah. It's through my body. Um, so when I became more, more confident that this is really what's unifying me and I don't want to feel fragmented between these two worlds anymore, I started inviting friends um, who, who weren't ever um, interested in yoga before, but I just did workshops, Rosh Chodesh groups at my house just for free and for fun. And people started liking it and wanting more. And so I started offering series and, um, and I realized that this was some, something that women really needed. Yeah, definitely. I think really ultimately the, what we learn in Hasidus is that we're supposed to take the material world and our bodies and blend it, unify it with the divine. But it's so interesting how it, that message doesn't necessarily come across um, all the time. And I think that by you doing what you do, and in general, the fact that so many people are becoming more awakened and attuned to the fact that there isn't that as much growing up in the community, or even if somebody comes to the community, that that's really something that's, that's coming more into reality, that people mm -hmm. are trying to blend and fuse both the divine and the physical, which ultimately is what the Rebbe really wanted of all shluchim and of all. Right. And one of the names of God, one of the attributes of God is called makom, hamakom, which is the place. And so it's a sense of feeling that the place we're in, starting with our very own bodies, is the way we connect to our, our creator. And that's what I feel most potently on the mat. I love that. And I also love the idea that by, by you doing what you're doing and bringing something that has not been done yet before and really elevating Hasidus in this new way, um, not, not changing Hasidus, obviously expressing it within this, on the mat, within our bodies, I think is, is such a good lesson in general that, if, you know, when you're starting to learn something that you've never learned before, you're assuming that it's perfect, it's whole, and there's nothing for me to, to add or change in my own way. But the fact is we are all brought into the soul, into the world. Our souls are here to create, to co-create with Hashem, as long as Hashem is our forefront compass. And, you know, it is, it is for the goal of bringing the divine more with more expression into this world than, than it's, you know, we can't just say, oh, it is the way it is and it's perfect that it doesn't need any changing but we are here to implement. 
Um, and it's amazing, you know, you're really, you're a real pioneer when it comes to, for sure, how to integrate Hasidus into, into well, everyday That's life. one of the things that the Rebbe really taught me is if you see a lack in the community, in the world, and it starts with the Baal Shem Tov's teaching that everything we see is divine providence. And if you see a lack, it means that either there's a lack in yourself and you, you need to fix something in yourself, or there's a lack for you to step into it and to contribute there. And so I looked around, I didn't see anyone practicing or teaching yoga in a, a way that was aligned or infused with Torah. So I think the Rebbe's teaching really encouraged me to step into that um, and kind of put my ego of self-consciousness aside and, and put it out there. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I must really give credit to Joyce. Um, Joyce, Azra, she really, really is the one that introduced you to introduced me, introduced you to me. Without her, I wouldn't know who you are. And mm-hmm. just I, it's, you're such a gift. So I feel like I'm oh, so happy that God, we get to podcast and share it even with, a, with our audience. Um, if yeah, I would, I would, yeah, thank you. I'm actually gonna check out your YouTube videos and start practicing yoga with you because if I could blend my yoga practice with um with Torah that's really really um aligned with who I am always growing to be um there's a mess yes were you gonna say something oh I was gonna say that I offer an online virtual Jewish yoga course and it's through the 12 mystical Hebrew months um so if you're interested you can always join in this way and it's really an infusion of the energies of the Hebrew calendar and the Torah and the Kabbalah and the, just the seasonal teachings um, into yoga and breath work and meditation. So That's it's a, really, really fun to, to so merge the two. So find you, you want to share um, how, where they, how they could search you up? Um, yeah, you can go to breathandsoul.net and I have the yoga course. I also have a Sphero embodiment course on the Sphero. Um, and I just published mystic meditation cards that are being printed right now in Cologne um, at an eco printer here. So it's taking longer as Israel time does, mm-hmm. um, but I'm really excited about them. And it's also a nice intro for people who maybe haven't meditated or they have, and they want to infuse a Jewish perspective into their meditation practice. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. If there's yeah. a message that you could share with our listeners, um, really anything that you feel um, empowered you or made you feel more one with yourself aligned um, that you can impart with our listeners? Would you be able to share that with us? Yeah. Um, so there's one visualization that, and I'm a very visual person. So the meditations for me that are most potent are visualizations, whereas for other people, maybe they're more auditory or more breath centered or more contemplative or more body centric. Um, And those you can explore in the mystic card deck. But one of my favorite ones, and I think you reminded me of this when I spoke about moving the self-consciousness aside to be confident in um, giving the gifts, your fruits to the world. Um, Something that I do often that that is very attainable um, to anyone when I feel maybe not confident or unsure or just out of balance Um, or my energy is not flowing, I feel stuck and stagnant, and we don't want stuckness in the body that leads to 
um, tension and illness, hasfashalam. So anytime I feel that, I, I use this visualization that is by Rabbi Eliezer from Sefer Haredim. And, and the Kabbalists would often meditate on this light above the crown of the head as a midnight glow, a blue, almost like a, a candle flame on the wick. So it's hovering above the crown, but it's still attached to you. And it's this midnight blue color, but for, for you, as you practice, you may see different colors. And this is the light of the Shekhinah. And this is the light that's always hovering above us. It's always there. And if you can't see it, you can just lift your chin and humbly ask this feminine divine presence to express herself to you. And you might feel sensations around the crown of the head. You might feel like your, your spine lengthens a bit as you refine your relationship with the upper realms. And just remembering that this light is above us, you can also draw the glow and the light down into different areas of the body that maybe need more activation or healing. And this is a meditation I use so often. Um, because we're not doing this alone. We have this light above us that's always guiding us and always directing us. Wow, thank you. That's so beautiful and so practical. Yeah, I love that. I'm definitely going to try this after this uh, recording. Jenna, thank you so, so much. Thank you for this honor and opportunity. So happy to be here. And you guys are doing such wonderful work. So it may, it should just be so blessed and so many women should hear and be transformed. Amen. Thank you for sharing your light with us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Oh My God podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you don't miss any of our upcoming interviews. If this episode spoke to you, please share it with someone you believe would love it just as much as you did and rate the podcast five stars so we can continue to make content like this for you. Do you have a question, suggestion, or interview request? Shoot us an email to omgpod at gmail.com. That's omgpod spelled O-H-E-M-G-E-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. We're so excited to hear what you think and cannot wait for you to tune in next week. Until then, shalom.